you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky back here on Move the Sticks. Breaking down a little uh, <laughs> a little wild weekend of playoff football. How you doing, Buck? Man, I'm good. I'm good. You're the one that has been traveling all Dude, over the place, man. man you're you're, uh, man, you, you're, you're freaking flying. Well, stuff. Should be nice. the good news is, uh, after going to the uh, Chargers game against Baltimore, is that this week it's a shorter trip to uh, New England. So that'll be nice. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, a lot of traveling, but I'm getting the good thing is, you know, for those who don't know, I do the radio for the for the Chargers, so I do the, uh, I fly with the team, and so they're comfortable aircraft, nice setup there. And Buck, I just watched, I watch college kids on the flights, like I'm getting a lot of like tape done, oh, so yeah. it's been productive from that standpoint. You know, money, I just got to keep my own money, you know, trying to create conversation, be a distraction. And he's but just like, hey, get out the way. We're trying to work. We're trying to. I'm working. Yeah, we don't all have that sweet, sweet radio money to fall back. Got to. Gotta do some work, but this is our takeaway pod here, Buck. Are you ready? We got eight, right, Kent? We're just gonna roll with our eight. Yeah, exactly. Kind of do the winning team takeaways, and then we'll do the losing team takeaways as well. Oh, that works. All right, want me to uh, start us off here, Buck? Yeah, let's do it. All right, first one: Bosa and Ingram dominated. Shotgun snap, looking middle of the field, under pressure. Ball is stripped. Nwosu diving for it. There is a scrum. It looks like the Chargers may have it. We'll see. Charger ball! Charger ball! The Bolts are going to win in Baltimore. And there he is, Matt Money-Smith on the call right after that play. I mentioned Melvin Ingram. I don't know if you saw it, Buck. He chucked the ball into, like, the upper deck. I saw it. It looked like a nice ball. It was throw. a nice ball. Nice it ball. was a very nice, nice ball. Uh, <laughs> anyways, they what they did in this game, go back and watch the tape, they found something inside, really specifically the left guard, James Hurst. Oh, you said it. Waldo. You said it. And they but, went like, after I, him. I felt like... I feel like obviously you work for the team. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're you you're like the cat you're like the cat who ate the canary. <laughs> like all week you you've been sitting there like, hey, you know, I, you know, maybe some extra DBs yeah. or whatever. And then I'm watching the game, and I'm sitting there like, ooh, oh yeah, there's a lot of speed on the field. Oh yeah, four and safeties, 
Four safety, but not only the way they did it, they covered up the guards. Mm-hmm. They had Derwin James as like an outside linebacker. They had the two guys on the inside. Sean in the parking lot. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting there like, whoa. Yep. And they were playing fast. And I think what happened, obviously, the best thing that happened, they got a little taste of it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I think not even about the scheme, the physicality. Yeah. And I think they turned it up. And I think that was the biggest surprise for Baltimore. Because in that first game, I felt like Baltimore kind of kind of mashed them and kind of had their way and kind of moved them off the ball. Mm-hmm. But in this game, the Chargers had no parts of that. I was thinking of this from a political standpoint. I'm not – I don't get into politics. But I hear this phrase mentioned all the time when, when they're getting ready to run for office. And they'll say, well, you know, we don't want to have uh, – well, he's just Bush light or that's Clinton light. Like, go get somebody different. Don't just be a lesser version of this person. And I'm sitting there thinking from the Chargers standpoint, like – you're going to bang with these guys? Like, you don't want to bang with these guys. Forget that. No, we're going to put speed on the field. We're going to beat these guys' spots all over the place. We're not going to sit in there and fight them. We're going to run around them. And that's what they did. And I thought what was fascinating is how quick they got into yep. gaps. They moved around. They were angling. They were stunned. You saw the athleticism of Melvin Ingram and Joey mm-hmm. Bosa. But then, look, we've talked about the dude all year. Derwin James is a monster. He's awesome. And he has been, I don't want to say the biggest piece, but he is the perfect player to play kind of that hybrid role. Mm. Each week he can be whatever you need him to be. And obviously we knew him personally before yeah. they drafted him. And so you kind of feel unfair because you want to give him a higher grade based on what you know about the person. But if he, he just, is he, – Oh, he's, if he's had a little bit more production, he would have been. I mean – I mean, yeah. <laughs> But he's, he's got everything. And, and the other thing, Buck, it was talking to Gus the day before the game. He told me what they're getting ready to do here with this, with this alignment. Hey, man, they're – 195 pounds at one linebacker spot, 210 at the other with, with those two safeties in there. Um, but he was telling me about Derwin. He goes, man, he goes, DJ, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, Gus Bradley's been coaching football a long time. He goes, if I'm in the game, and he'll come off to the sideline, and I go, Derwin, hey, when you see this, if you see this motion, if they do this, 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 and this. And he said, he doesn't ask a question. He just looks at me and I got it. And he said, you go out in the field, and they'll run that motion, and I'm sitting on the side going, son of a gun. Like, he picked it up just like that. He is. He's unbelievable. And, and he, but, but you know what's funny is I had my experience with him, obviously, when he was 17 years old. He came up to the opening. He was on my team. And I've never seen a five-star player cry after we, we lose a 707 thing at that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's how much it meant to him. But then we do the 360, and you talk to his defensive coordinator, and the D coordinator talks about he got hurt, but he is coaching – on the sideline, and yep. he is fully engaged. I mean, those are the guys that you absolutely want. And I think um, the one thing that we can learn from that as we think about the draft, man, go get guys that love it, Yep. that absolutely love it. Not not the money, not all the other stuff, but they just love it in the game. And what I see when I look at Melvin Ingram, when I look at Joey Bosa, when I look at Derwin James, they love it. And it comes through when they play in the playoffs. I, w- I was in the, doing the post game down in the locker room, and uh, – I do Melvin Ingram and Buck. I, so I go to interview him. You know, you, you you do the radio thing too. So you get there, you stand next to me, you put the microphone up there. He's hugging me. He's like embracing me while we're doing the interview. He's just he's a jovial, just a fun kid, man. And he is, man. He so getting back to what I was saying, they they went they put Bosa and Ingram inside on the guards, and the Ravens initially were doubling and chipping Chenanuosu coming off the edge and leaving their guards one on one with Ingram and Bosa. I'm like, you kind of get what you deserve when you yes. do that. Then one time they try to make an adjustment and they take Montgomery, who's in the backfield, and they try and drop him down in between the tight end and and the or in between the tackle and the guard. So Ingram is so dang instinctive, he sees him, spins inside I, of it, yes. and gets a sack. I was like, that, that's big-time stuff. Well, it, 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 it's unbelievable. It is – I, I read an article in The Athletic where they also had a tale yeah. that 
one guard never pull, mm. but the other guard, like Marsha Yonda, never pulls. But James and then the, and then the the and parallel the footwork end. with uh, Ronnie Stanley as well. They talked about that, and then they talked about if the tight end they had two tight ends in the game. If the fullback tight end is right behind the the regular tight end on the line, they always run the counter away yep. from it, and they were all on it. And I was blown away, not necessarily by the Chargers discovering that, but that the Ravens didn't never do self scout. They didn't know going into the game that. Here are our tendencies because that's the assignment of somebody on the staff. All right, we'll, we'll keep it rolling here because we're doing two takeaways a game. We're not running any any sound with this one, I believe, right, with the second one. Correct, correct. correct. All right, Ken, so the other one in this game, Lamar's still a work in progress, and we're going to get to Lamar in just a second. I know that's the headline here. Uh, but, Buck, going back, and I saw it live, and I'm wondering what's going on. Then I went and watched the tape, and it, it, it was exactly as I thought. So the benefit, and you see this in high school football, the benefit of a mobile quarterback is you the numbers game. You pick up an extra number. They kept running zone read with him instead of quarterback power or cornerback at counter. And I'm, I'm I'm sitting up there. I'm like, look, I don't look. I'm just calling the game here. But this is insane that they're 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 trying to hold the, the Ingram and Bosa. They're trying to hold them instead of blocking them. They're trying to they're trying to yes. just to get them to, to freeze, read them to read them to read them. Yes. Why are you reading them? Go block them. You block him with the running back. You pick up an extra blocker and let Lamar go run. It was like you're just wasting a body. You've got a 200. 40 pound back in Gus Edwards, and you're using him hoping that he's going to be a decoy to kind of pull these ends. They're like, forget him, go hit the quarterback. What What is fascinating to me, and like what was funny is, is because, like, um, you are obviously calling the game, but in the game, like, the Twitterverse was saying, like, oh, you need to bench him and put Joe Flacco in. And I'm like, no, you can't, you can't take him out. Like, the benefit of being a young quarterback is at some point, he is going to have to play a playoff game, and yeah. the only way to get used to playing a playoff game is to play. But sometimes I feel like the Baltimore Ravens didn't watch him in college. Yeah, I feel like they didn't look at how he played at Louisville, and they didn't take what he did at Louisville or whatever. Because to be honest, when you looked at him in college, he didn't run zone read. Yeah, When he ran, he ran quarterback powers, yep. quarterback counters. Yep. He scrambled, mm-hmm. and then he threw all, the all of his yards run scrambles in this yes. game. Yes. So, so, so it, it's, it's just baffling to me how they're trying they to do it. They did it one time. Their last, his last run of the game was on a quarterback power, and he got seven yards on like a third and one yes. or two. That's the only time they used the, the benefit of the extra blocker with the running quarterback. Yeah, they didn't the take advantage of the, the plus game. one. It was bizarre. It was baffling. And the other thing was, and we've talked about this before with Lamar, look, he is not refined as a passer. He is what and, he is. And, Buck, I'm telling you, and, again, we saw it. We saw when we covered the pro day. We saw the comma. The misses are so bad. Buck, they're so oh, bad. Yeah. And, but, I mean, again, then he scrambles around, chucks one up in the air, and you end up getting a play. But, that man, it's, it's just hard to maintain a rhythm and consistency throwing the ball yes. when you don't know what's going to happen. No, you, you don't know. But th- the funny thing is, if we went back in April and yeah. we talked about – Hey, give me your scouting report on Lamar Jackson. Hey, throws better inside the numbers. Don't throw anything outside. Anything to the sideline is bad. And I keep seeing him throwing outbreaking routes, and I'm like, he doesn't throw that stuff well. But the interesting thing is that he got a couple of those on the Chargers the first game. And if you remember the pick in this game, Casey Hayward, they played, they played inside leverage oh, and said, yeah. we're not taking – we're not giving no, it No, no, no. Popped it up in the air and it got picked off. Yeah, they're taking away all your slants, all That's your – That's going to be the challenge for him going into next year. That is the challenge for the Baltimore Ravens going next year is, okay, now he's your quarterback. You need to build the offense around what he does. And are Marty Morningwig and Greg Roman mm-hmm. really able to think outside of – the, the read option stuff from the pros, can they find a couple of college programs to go to mm-hmm. and figure out how to build an offense around them? So I was talking to uh, some guys in our personnel department with the Ravens beforehand, and you know one of the ideas we were just kind of kicking around and, and talking about was you need to have – they have RG3 there, which is great. 
They need but to have they, a coach. They, they, they need to. They need to continue to draft. Like they're going to be able to get guys in the sixth, seventh round. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. Yep. Jalen Hurts can play in this offense. Yep. So like guys like that, they're going to have to continue to have those guys because he is going to miss a couple games a year. He's going to miss two or three games a year. It's going to happen. When you go all in. Yeah. On this, they will be the first team. Yeah. That it's an organizational decision that we want a mobile quarterback. So the starter, mm-hmm. the backup, the practice squad player yep. will all be the same. Yep. And the other thing, the other point, um, I wasn't talking about their personnel executive, but it was actually um, I asked, I was talking to, to Heap, you know, Todd Heap was there, mm-hmm. and then Dennis Pitta, who called the game for the Ravens after the game. I said, you know, it'll be fascinating just to see from a, I'm just looking at it from a personnel standpoint, building your roster. Personally, I believe they're going to have to draft one or two wide receivers every year because if if you're a veteran wide receiver that's you're on this team, there. you don't want to play in that offense. If you're a veteran wide receiver that's on the free agent market, you're not going to go sign with Baltimore to go block. They don't want to do that. Nope. You're going to have to continue to draft receivers on a yearly basis to keep that thing churning. You're going to have to do that, and you're going to have to invest in the tight ends. The best thing that Baltimore did for the last yeah. three, four tight ends – Make your tight ends your marquee guy. So if I'm them, I'm going to try and find the Zach Ertz types, the yep. Dallas Goddard types, because even when we go those heavy tight end sets, one of those dudes may be split out yeah. to play like a wide out. So it would be interesting to see how they build it. All right, go ahead. The Eagles have a quarterback dilemma. Fourth and goal of the Chicago 2, an avalanche of noise descending down on poles in the gun. Three-man rush, rolls out of the pocket, sidearm throw, caught, goal line, touchdown, Golden Tate! Got inside the hash mark, and Philadelphia has scored. You know, DJ, look, I mean, we can sit here and, and, and talk about it, and we know that Carson Wentz is a better player. Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback. But I think the debate that Philly will have to have, if, if Nick Foles continues to make this run, they will have to make a decision on winning quarterback versus franchise quarterback. Because for whatever reason, like sometimes – and I don't know if Doug Peterson just scales it down and because it's simpler, it is better for their offense. But there's something about when Nick Foles plays for them that they kind of play on schedule. And it just looks different than Carson Wentz. Even though to a man, everyone in the building, you and I will both say that Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback. He's the guy that you want in the building each and every day. It is just an interesting phenomenon to see what Nick Foles is doing. This is the first time in the Takeaway Podcast. Um because that, that's an interesting topic of conversation. I'm just going to slide this over to you, and I'll let you read it. I think we should take a break from, from the podcast real quick. What do you think there, Buck? What are you reading? What does it say? Oh, my God. I wanted to get a real-time reaction, and that's what we got right there. What is there. it? Now I want to know what it is. Go ahead, Buck. Read it. <clears throat> the Green Bay Packers have hired Matt LaFleur Whoa. as their head coach. That is a young dude, man. He's so ascended. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> how about that? How about that? Oh my God. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, what do you think? Oh, See, aren't we glad oh we did gosh. this in the afternoon? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we in normally do this pod, in the morning. I get Bucky as Packer. Bucky's got the Packer uh, blood here. I can get the real-time reaction. Give me Matt LaFleur to Packers, Buck. What do you think? I mean, it's an unbelievable ascension up the ranks. <laughs> that's a young all, dude, man. That's all I can say. And then, I mean, it's good to be. Look, hey, it's good to be good to be in with Sean McVay. Have a connection to Sean McVay in the NFL right now. It's good to be. It's good to be in that mix. But I will say this: there was nothing that I saw from the Tennessee Titans offense that didn't fire you up, huh? That fired me up. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing about that. Like I understand Lafleur went from working in Atlanta with Matt Ryan to now working with Sean McVay. With the Rams to then being the OC. He was with the Redskins with, with McVay too, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
man, it's going to have to see how strong – we'll see how strong he is as a leader because Aaron Rodgers, I didn't, I didn't for the weak of heart here. Faint of heart? Is it weak of heart? I don't faint, know. Faint, yeah, of faint of heart. heart. It, it, yeah, there you go. It's a fascinating phenomenon. Yeah. So, so, so this Young is what offense. this is what we but said. This is the first domino. We wait. This is the first coach to go. Eight coaches, eight head coaching spots. Everyone is looking for the Sean McVay type, who's never won a playoff game yet. Mm-hmm. But Matt Nagy, everyone wants. But there's more to being the head coach than running the quarterback room and calling plays. And so, we will see how this works out. But man, interesting, right? Big, who's he bringing with him? Who's going to be the DC? Because he needs his Wade Phillips. He needs his veteran. D- or maybe they keep Mike Pettin, who did, a, who did a decent job last year. He did a decent job last year. Who are they going to get? They got to go find somebody. He's got to go find his Wade Phillips, somebody with some experience. He, and I like the fact that at least Pettin's got head coaching experience. Wade Phillips had head coaching experience. So you're trying to get somebody that you got to get somebody with some years under your belt. Yeah, he has. To, he has to get somebody. <laughs> Big Fangio ain't available. So I mean, you got to go wow. find a defensive coordinator with a bunch of uh, experience. Uh, it's unbelievable. Anyways, I got your real-time reaction there. Back to Foles. Uh, so here's my question for you, uh, just just looking at this situation. And feel free to laugh at this or treat it however you however you want. Other than age, what are the major differences between the Brady-Bledsoe um, comparison here? It's funny that you said that because all <laughs> – literally all day I've been thinking about Man, this is what Belichick had to decide with Tom Brady. This guy's more talented. Bledsoe. Bledsoe's more talented than Tom Brady. And it, I, I promise you, like today I was working out and I was like, man, this is Tom Brady Drew Bledsoe. Yep. Like after a while you're like, man, we're, we're winning. But, geez, like how long and, and what, are, what are we in the business of? Are we in the business of collecting talent or are we in the business of winning, winning games. games? Yeah, this guy moves the ball. We win games. And so – it is tough because you're so – I mean, you're so heavily invested in Carson Wentz being the dude. He's a guy. He's a great guy. He's everything. Now, the everything. age difference would be a major difference between the Brady-Bledsoe thing because Brady was significantly younger than Bledsoe at But that these point. guys, like he's 29. How old is Carson? 20 – Yeah, but flipped, right? So you have Foles that's older than – Yeah, Fo- Foles is 29. He'll, he'll be 30. And, and Wentz is 26, 27. Wentz is 26. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys because I'm curious about this because I don't think that there's really a dilemma here. You don't? I, th- I think you go Wentz. My thing is, do you think – Okay, two years from now, will Nick Foles be a starting quarterback in the NFL? And will Carson Wentz be a starting quarterback? It's it's all tailored to this system. It's funny because I don't like Foles outside of this system. But inside of this system, you can't deny that they move the ball. And they do all these things. And he really uses – You know who he reminds me of? I was trying to think of it the other day. But that throw that he made to Golden Tate – over the middle, which Buck, when he threw it, I, we did a thing on the aftermath today. It, it's he's on this, he's on the uh, the right side of the hash. He throws the ball and it lands. He's throwing it straight and it just kind of drifts and lands about four yards on the other side of the hash. Right in there, he catches it rainbow. He gets hit, but it was unbelievable catch and throw. I'm like, this is your guy. This is Jake Delhomme. Is what he looks like throwing the ball. That's what it looks like. And yeah. we we would scratch our head, Buck. You were there, but I scratch oh. my head. Go, How are these guys winning with Jake Delhomme? Oh, so, so now, so that 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 is that. That's actually a good thing because I lived through the Jake See? the lone roller coaster. Yeah. We went to Jake Super- the lone one for everybody, but he worked in that system. We went to Super Bowl thirty eight. Yep. Two years later, we went to the championship game and lost to Seattle. He had like a four or five year run where you're like, man, and every, you're like holding no on to your seat. But it worked for that squad for a while. But eventually, he comes back. He comes back to the pack. Yeah. The thing about it is. 
we all talk about system quarterbacks and this and that. There's something about Doug Peterson and Nick Foles yeah. where they just kind of get it. And that touchdown throw that he threw on fourth down, yeah. that was an unbelievable throw because Leonard Floyd is coming right he at drop him. His arm down. He dropped his arm and still delivered it on the thing. Which, by the way, by the way, tell me if you've ever been taught this because I, I, it was so crafty to me when you when you watch it in the all twenty two and slow it all the way down. I don't know. Oh, I didn't go, see the Golden, Golden Tate looking inside. Looking inside. As soon as he did, the DB immediately. As soon as he looked inside, boom, he was gone, and that was the separation. So I at first was like, "Does Golden Tate not know what the play yeah, is?" Yeah, yeah. Kind of look inside, he, and then he took off, yeah. and I was like. Did he not know what the play it was? was? It was the route running equivalent of your shoes untied. Yes. It is? What? What? Oh, there oh. it goes. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. It, um, I mean, and, and so I, I just think it's a fascinating discussion from a team building exercise because all right, you, you spend so much to get your franchise quarterback. So you get him. He's successful. successful. He's played at an MVP level. He has been hurt a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, you got the back, and no one knows how s- serious and significant the back injury is. But then when you just think about how bloodthirsty the league is for quarterbacks. Oh, I need like, – Like, what does he fetch on the open mark? Does he bring can – you, can you get three – can you get three ones back so, for him? So, this is, this, is, this is so not cool, but I'm going to do it anyways. I just found out uh, in the last couple weeks about one team that tried to trade for a quarterback in the NFL and offered two ones and was shot down. <laughs> So, and I'm just kind of looking at the skill sets of, and I'm thinking, easily get two ones. Easily get two ones for Carson. Easy. Plus. Yes. You may but get man, two. Man, I don't know. If two. That, that sounds crazy. Sounds crazy saying the guy was almost the MVP of the league. Two plus a player. Yeah. Man, can you imagine what Jacksonville would give up to have a quarterback like that? Yeah. Can you imagine what that would bring back? Now, especially if you are a personnel department that fancies themselves in being able to draft and draft yeah. really well. To have that kind of currency – it's crazy, man. Because see, the thing at about at some point in time you can't. At some point in time you can say you, you can't just keep saying he's more talented. At some point in time you have to say they're winning with this with this dude. It's working. Did you can't play, argue. You didn't can't he argue. play that well yesterday, though. I think he, I think he was no. He, 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 he did. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't play. But I think what happens is when you start tallying up the W's and the fact that like in playoff games we have seen him play in playoff games and win games and. Look, if, if they go down to New Orleans, like it just makes it increasingly difficult. But I still think he doesn't play. First of all, Nick has never been comfortable and played well in cold weather. If you remember last year, they lucked out. The, the game where he went off was against the Vikings, and it wasn't that it wasn't, it wasn't that cold. Was I want to say the Falcons game where he did not play well was cold. Was cold, and and then obviously you know you get the Super Bowl, you're indoors. It's yeah, interesting. I mean, they play in New Orleans indoors. They play in Atlanta indoors. I mean, I don't know. They're not beating. I don't think they're gonna beat the Saints though. I, you know me, I pick the Eagles every week, but I don't think they're winning that one. The only thing about this from a motivational standpoint, after the game immediately they're like, oh, they ran the score up on us. Yeah. And they also donned some ski masks and oh, yeah. some other stuff. I mean, it's going to be a little chippy. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right, give me your bonus takeaway there. we got to keep this, keep this thing rolling. Oh, man, Trubisky's on his way. Um, and, and the reason I say that he is on his way to find – Because he's a Tar Heel? No, I mean, you know, like, I mean, he, he's fine. I won't say that I absolutely have a love affair with him. But I'll say this. <laughs> He did some things that I didn't think he could do. Like, I had kind of teased some of the guys here that were Bears fans. I said, you know what your worst nightmare is? Your worst nightmare is a two-minute drill, game on the line, and the ball is in number oh, 10. Oh, no. Oh, I thought you said the kicker. No, they were like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But, look, he came out. He delivered some darts. Yeah, nice and, ball. And, yeah. look, he threw for over 300 yards. He is always going to be a guy that 
is prone to make some mistakes. But he threw the ball well. They did some things. But offensively, they are going to have to expand beyond the cute stuff. At some point, they're going to have to be able to play rock'em, sock'em, robot football and to be able to dominate them without the tricks and gadgets. No doubt. All right, let's keep it rolling here. The, uh, the Colts mix it up nicely on offense. The running back offset to the left of Luck is Mack. Andrews back to pass. He fires to the pylon left side. It is caught for the touchdown by Dontrell Inman. So going back and looking at it, Buck, I thought it was just a super creative job by Frank Reich in terms of mixing in some uh, some empty, getting everybody out, and then every now and then they'll just go max protection. They'll do eight-man protection and give all kinds of time. Dontrell Inman's able to hit a, a double move for a big play. Um, they, they were able to get down the seam against a Tampa 2 and hit uh, – hit uh, T.Y. Hilton on a huge one over the linebacker down the middle of the field. So just creative play calling with the passing game and then the run game, it was just a – they just mauled him. I mean, it was uh, – man, I did not I did not uh, – I didn't think that Clowney played great, but, man, Booger was killing him on the broadcast. Booger, it's like an SEC thing or something, man. Like LSU-South Carolina hate or something. I mean, he was it, crushing him. He, he was absolutely – crushing him he wasn't great we wasn't that bad no he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't terrible but you know it's funny that you talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the way that they played I think what they have done and Chris Ballard obviously building the team out like he talked about wanting to be good in the trenches on both four sides top ball. 40 picks in their offensive line do a great job they control the line of scrimmage Marlon Mack who I had a, a draft crush on yep. has, has kind of become a nice number one back for them but then they are making a point you're not hitting our quarterback nope when we're throwing the ball down the field, he's going to have eight or nine guys. It's like a fortress. Yep. You're not getting to them. They're going to take shots. When they open it out, they say, out. Andrew, yep. the ball is out quick. Yep. And so I think it's just one of the best things that we talk about in the scouting business in terms of fit and scheme. They are making sure that they're scheming it up so Andrew Luck fits and is really working out well for them. All right, and the uh, bonus takeaway here, just the Texans. I know Will Fuller being hurt, but he's been hurt. At some point in time, you got to find the belts you can, you can rely on to be out there all the time. It's not even that. Uh, but I hate their offense. I know, it's tough. I, 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 I hate their I hate the way they play. I hate their offense. I don't I don't think there's any symmetry stagnant. to the running game. It's no. not exciting. Like, the fact that they scored all those points last year, I feel like they came back and didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, all that cute stuff they did last year, they didn't do that. And I feel like they call plays – they don't run an offense. They don't run an offense. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't flow well together. And I'm going to say this. Deshaun Watson is going to have to be spectacular for this team. That's why I'm saying they just need the more dudes that can that run they after need, the catch. They need, Peterson, help they, them out a little bit. They need more dudes. They need a better offensive line. And they desperately need – like I like Lamar Miller. They, they, they need – a dominant running back, someone yeah. that can command attention, make the game easy for the young quarterback. I don't know. I've, I have, I'm not a big fan of horror movies, but when they announce a starting offensive line for the Houston Texans, <laughs> that's about as gruesome as it it's gets. Ugly, no, ugly, not great. Um, all right, get us uh, get us going to your final two here, Buck. Cowboys stick to the formula. On third and long, Prescott runs it up the middle. 15, 10, five, diving to the right. Oh, they spotted him short. They spotted him at the four. They've moved it to the one. It is a first and goal. Hey, man, the, the Dallas Cowboys, it, what they do offensively is, is is not cute. It's not sexy. It's not something that is must-see TV. But they figured out who they are, and when they stick to that formula, they win a lot of games. This offense is run through 21. Ezekiel Elliott is a bell cow. He's a dominant player. He is everything that we thought he would be coming out of Ohio State. He has added the pass-catching skills to his repertoire and has really been an impact player. 
Then they go and make a move to get Amari Cooper, number one receiver on the outside. In this game, he goes over 100. Zeke Elliott goes over 100. Dak Prescott makes timely throws. And the defense is as fast as we can see. They are fast and athletic, and it works well together. They can't win any style of game, but they certainly can win a style of game where if you let them control it, where they play Wisconsin basketball, play a little half court, take down the shot clock, they certainly can beat you in the fourth quarter. And Dak Prescott does just enough to win games, which is why I think he is the ideal quarterback for them. So help me with this. Help me figure this out because I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out why. I, I love Dak Prescott. I'm trying to figure out what it is. There's a competitiveness that he has. Oh, I think it's I to think me, he's the guy. To me, even him just on the third and 14 run and just, just fighting for every inch. Okay. It, and I look, and I do the Charger game, so I see Rivers every week. There's a similar competitiveness in, in Prescott. And he has – he's animated. Now, Rivers talks and is animated. Dak Prescott's animated too, man. I, I, you can see why guys like to rally around him a little bit. The only thing – you were around this guy that I'm going to say that he reminds me of. He reminds me of Steve McNair. Yeah. He reminds me of – the toughness he puts and, it all out there. The yeah. toughness and confidence exceed what the physical ability may That's be. That's a good way to put it. The, he's going to spray some balls. He's not going to be perfect. But he is a guy's guy. And there's something about when your quarterback is a tough dude, yep. people rally behind that. And when he went on that third and 14, he didn't look to slide. No, he didn't going. look to fall. He was going. And I think it's just something about, like, it, it – the guys just rally behind him. And I think that is why you hear Zeke Elliott talk about him being a grown man and all those other things. I think for them, he's the right guy. Now, when we fast forward to the offseason and when it's time to pay him, I think he has enough kind of self-understanding to know. Mm, yeah. I'm not going to be in the 30 range. We don't need to get, no right. 30. But I think if he comes in at whatever it is, 20, 21, whatever yeah. it is, I think what the Cowboys will be able to do is like, look, you get a lot of wins. Mm-hmm. You'd be our quarterback for a long time. Well, the other, the thing, right the other thing is, the other thing is, I mean, I, I don't know the marketing world that well, but I'd imagine the four. Oh, he's killing the it! Four or five million dollars you might give up to stay, oh. to stay as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You can make that up real. Oh, quick. he it, it, he he's killing it. Like he'll he'll do it. But I think what is going to happen because we've seen uh, teams kind of go over the, over the budget in terms of spending for quarterbacks. If he comes in at what we call like. A middleman deal. Yeah. Flacco money, what he's at right now. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Comes in at that. They're able to build a team. I think you start seeing more teams being like, here's where you are. Here's where we kind of draw the line. Yeah. Let me but, see if some teams start approaching these guys early. Yeah, you got to. Saying, hey, you know, look, you, two years away, you might, might be a $30 million guy, but we'll hit you right now. Let's, let's lock this thing in. We'll get you in. And he time. is but, in a situation where he has to take it because he's never – I think he's making 700000 Yeah, fourth-round pick. Huh, let me uh, get that. All right, what's your bonus one here? The Seahawks need more playmakers. Um Having this debate or whatever on Twitter, everyone's yeah, he upset. Was debating everybody on Twitter right now. It's just so yeah. aggravating. Just, yeah. It just it just gets on my nerves. Yeah. I I tried to make a point. Then I got the the PFF guys weighing in about running game and, and silly you stuff. Stepped, you stepped and the, and, and they they talk about like rushing attempts and what do you know and this and that. So then I'm just like, well, what do you propose they do? Yeah. Everyone goes silent. Yeah. Like you don't want you want them to throw it every time. Like. Yeah. What's the answer? Anyone who looked at the Seahawks, let's be honest, the Seahawks are like an A-level talent team. No. Like they cover up they, their warts. They cover up their warts because they run it and they lean on Russ, and they figured out last year they let him do everything, and he got beat to a pulp. Yeah. So they can't play like that. Well, here's here, – here's, I didn't even see that exchange, but here's my, oh here's, my here's my opinion on that, and tell me if, if this is what they're saying, what you're saying, or somewhere in the middle. 
I agree with how Seattle navigated the regular season. I think that's the only way they could have got to the postseason to play that way. Now, to me, when you get in a one and done tournament, like I today, I was using the the thing. Like I felt like I was watching Braveheart, and he kept saying "hold, hold," and I'm like, "Okay, okay." Like, when are we gonna charge? Like, it, this is a postseason. Yeah, yeah. Let let's go. Like, like cut him loose now. Like we 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 saved him. We preserved him. Now it's one and done. Got to go home. I mean, Philip Rivers diving for first downs. Dak Prescott going head over. I mean, I, 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 I thought it, you can be. You don't have to be reckless, but you can be a little bit careless. Like, well, I, th- I think. Go. I think the bigger thing with the Seahawks, and it, it would be funny to see how many offensive plays they had. I feel like Dallas was really controlling. Like Dallas was making you play at our tempo. We're gonna control it, whatever. The thing that you can do with Russ, obviously, is. You can come out and throw early. Mm-hmm. You can play pass. But I think the issue that some people don't recognize, that offensive line is okay, but they cannot block the Cowboys when the Cowboys know yeah. that they're passing. And I think some of that is, hey, the game is tight. It's 14-10 in third, fourth quarter. We're, we're right where we need to game. be. Yeah. If we get it to the fourth quarter, our quarterback is better than yours. Let's make a play. But in third and 14 – they didn't make a play. You know that I know was the distance was longer, but man, when they showed Pete Carroll on the sideline, all I could think of was Vince Young. <laughs> <laughs> took off and run, had the same look on his face, like, oh man, had him dead to rights. Bobby Wagner missed a tackle. Yeah. He's look as, good I, as it gets. One of the He'll best be a Hall plays. of Famer. He missed he he missed a tackle that would have made them kick a field goal. They would have been within six, and then they would have had an opportunity. But I'm saying they need more firepower on offense. They need a tight end, and even though they had Jimmy Graham, you girl. They need someone in the middle of the field because if you're going to run it, the easiest guy to hit off those play-action passes, the tight end hooking up right over the middle. Yeah, there you go. And you asked how many plays. The Seahawks had 52. The Cowboys had 68. So a lot more plays for Dallas. Yeah, it's not enough plays. Anything you, want to, anything you want to pile on at the end of this thing, Buck? <laughs> no, but I think, I think when we have our podcast, our next podcast, when we're talking about the college stuff after the championship yeah. game, I can't wait to kind of dig in a little bit on Dwayne Haskins now that he's officially I know, kind of I, made his way out. I've done. So I did, he got better as the year went on. I'll give him oh, credit for, for sure. that. We can. Well, that's another topic for another day. I just wish he moved around a little bit better. What? He, I thought everybody wants a pocket passer. Uh, look at all the young quarterbacks right now. you got to be able to move around a little bit. I don't want him to run around, but he's got like Josh Rosen type athleticism. That's oh, what yeah, that's, that's not his thing. I know. He throws the heck out of it. I just wish he could get away every now and then. <laughs> I think he's the best one. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, have plenty of time to, we'll have plenty of time to get into that. Oh, Buck, what do you see? My, I'm working on my top 50. Oh, uh, man, d- d- don't don't start. I don't I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but just because the way I do it, uh, I put it all in as I go in by grade. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you can you can move the list around. Nobody's going to see my grades, so, but I can kind of say, okay, well, this position, I might take a – you know, I might take a six a six three tackle over a six five yeah. guard. You know, whatever, just kind of move it around. But I'm going through my list and I'm looking at them. I'm like, oh my gosh, my my grade in that little receiver from Oklahoma is so dang high, man. People are gonna laugh me out of the room. They're gonna be like, whoa, DJ, what are you, dude? I I put a. I'm telling you, but I put a big grade on. You know that, what happens? Dude. Big this, grade. This is what happens because you looked at all the notable names early, and all the notable names are meat and potatoes guys. Lyman, Hollywood, pass rushers, Holly stuff like that. So the first time you had an opportunity to see oh, somebody biscuits. put the ball in the paint, you're like, oh, yes, that's Ooh. what happened. That's what happened. You've been it. on the road for a week. You've been looking at all offensive and defensive linemen. You finally show up at a school that has a playmaker. You know what happened? And you went crazy. You know what happened? I uh, I saw the Kansas City Chiefs play twice this year. <laughs> I said, ooh, I like to get, I like to get one of those. Now, he's not as thick as Tyreek Hill. But, Buck, he is we'll – Oh, no, no. You don't have to tell me. He is so – like, God bless him. I hope he has a great career. 
He is so much better than John Ross. It ain't even close. Oh, he is. It ain't he even get close that. in he terms of route that. running and all everything else. Yes, he, he can get do. that. It's unfortunate Ooh. that when we watched him in the semifinals, he was hurt. He didn't play. He was hurt. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He couldn't do it. That, and he. The funny thing is, he dropped some balls in that game. You watch. I, I watched every target this year. He got. He's got unbelievable hands. Oh, he I don't catch. worry about his hands. But anyways, we'll have time to get into all that stuff. But yeah, man, not a very big receiver. Carrying a big grade I, to the point where I looked at, it, I was like, nah, I'm gonna drop that down. Who, you, who do you have in the championship game? Alabama. I win the whole thing if Alabama wins. Yeah, otherwise it's Solly and I co-champs. Do you believe in that, or are you just taking that because you think? No, I'm never going to bet against Saban in a championship game, but I don't feel great about it. You don't feel great? No. But I don't know. Alabama, I, I, we'll see which one of those, if that back comes out. But oh, they, num- are they going to have, like, 12 guys drafted this year, I think, is what's the, being reported? The, the senior's a good player. The, the, uh, the underclassman's really good. Um I know everybody talks about Najee Harris because he's the – Josh Jacobs. That's the dude. Yeah, he's really good. That is the dude. They're never uh, hurting for running backs. No. All right, let's get out of here. All, All right, right, that's right. going to do it for us. Uh, he's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing, uh, leaving us those little reviews there on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate that. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.